Okay, thank you. Good morning. Today is October 30th, 2022. We are reading from the Bib Book of AA, pages XXIX 49, starting at the paragraph Men Have Cried Out, up to and including uh, page XXX 30. There are many situations that paragraph. Okay. We are going to read, we have our speaker. Our speaker will be Billy N today. And uh, we'll first have our reader read our stuff for us. So Bobby is going to be reading our paragraph. Go ahead, Bobby. Thank, Thank you. you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bobby. I'm a compulsive overeater and I really appreciate the opportunity today. Thank you. Um, Men have cried out to me in sincere and despairing appeal. Doctor, I cannot go on like this. I have everything to live for. I must stop, but I cannot. You must help me. Faced with this problem, if a doctor is honest with himself, he must sometimes feel his own inadequacy. Although he gives all that is in him, it often is not enough. One feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. Though the aggregate of recoveries resulting from psychiatric effort is considerable, we physicians must admit we have made little impression upon the problem as a whole. Many types do not respond to the ordinary psychological approach. I do not hold with those who believe that alcoholism is entirely a problem of mental control. I have had many men who had, for example, worked as a period of months on some problems or business deal which was to be settled on a certain date favorably to them. They took a drink a day or so prior to the date, and then the phenomenon of craving at once became paramount to all other interests so that the important appointment was not met. These men were not drinking to escape. They were drinking to overcome a craving beyond their mental control. Beyond their mental control. There are many situations which arise out of the phenomenon of craving which caused men to make the supreme sacrifice rather than continue to fight. Perfect, thank you, Bobby. And now we will have a 20 minute share from our speaker, Billy. And Billy, do you want me to tell you anything when it's time or any time reminders? If you can give me a two minute warning, that would be great, Marla, thank you. We do, <laughs> go ahead, Billy, thank you. And I'm Billy O from East Tennessee. And I currently reside just outside of Nashville, and I'm very honored to be here today with you. Um, I've been taught in 12-step recovery that you're supposed to share what happened, what, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. So that's where I'm going to start. I wanted to share that I came from a violent home. Um, I was anemic until the age of five, and I had a mother who had an, has an eating disorder and micromanaged my food intake the entire time I was living at home. Um, she was terribly worried about me until I was five when I had my tonsils out and then my weight began to escalate. Um, she wrote in my baby book uh, last year she was underweight. This year she's 30 pounds overweight. What happened with three question marks and three exclamation points. And um, so my dad was an addict, compulsive gambler, adult child of an alcoholic. My mother was the 
uh, quintessential enabler. And that's the environment that was a great growing medium for my food addiction. Um, I learned early that food was a natural anesthetic for the fear and anxiety that I experienced on a regular basis in my home life. And um, I am a textbook overeater. Um, I fit the description that is in most versions of the OA 12 and 12 at the beginning. I think the only thing that I didn't try was having my jaws wired shut. Um, I did all the behaviors that are mentioned there and include up to and including having gastric bypass in 2004 to try to control my food. And um, in my OA experience, my sponsor had me in the beginning write my chronological history with food, including all the ways that I had tried to lose weight, manage my weight. And I realized that every time I had physical recovery throughout my life, I transferred to another addiction. Um, so I came to 12-step recovery through another 12-step fellowship. Um, and in doing so, I had amazing recovery in that fellowship. But in 2017, I went to a wedding and, you know, my body image was very skewed. When I looked in the mirror, I thought I was really um, well managed physically. And then I saw a picture of myself with the bride in 2017. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm still so big. And I had been rationalizing that because I was a hundred pounds down from when I had surgery, that I was fine. Um, but at that point I still weighed 225 pounds. And the picture was a wake-up call for me because I, like so many of us, spent time in front of the mirror only looking at myself. I had never um, since I had surgery, compared myself with someone that was a normal size. And I realized that I was still really struggling with food. So I want to go to the passage in the reading, the last paragraph that said some paid with the supreme sacrifice. The thing that got me to Overeaters Anonymous was <clears throat> I was talking to my higher power after I saw this picture and despairing because I realized that even though I had great recovery in this other fellowship, I still had this running parallel train of thought that went on all the time with food. I was still jumping back and forth between trying to physically manage my recovery and at all times fighting the obsession, the phenomenon of craving, and the um, the diseased thinking that says, you know, you've, you've managed this well for a couple of days or a couple of hours or a couple of minutes, so now you can eat with impunity. And then I would jump back in and eat things that would cause the phenomenon of craving and be gaining weight for a long period of time before I was filled with despair again. And, you know, I went to doctors, I went to psychiatrists, I went to psychologists, I went to the hypnotist. When I was young, my mother took me to a hypnotist and I fooled him because I thought it was silly. 
and uh, I fooled the psychologist. My mother um, took me home after talking to the psychologist about our interview, and he told her there's nothing wrong with her. <laughs> and my mother said, you fooled him, didn't you? And I just grinned because I'm very smart. And so I could figure out that the assessment was designed to trap me into a certain line of thinking. So I just gave him the answers that I knew would get me off the hook and it worked. So, you know, I realized that thinking my way through the problem was not getting me anywhere. And um, the reason I came to OA was that when I was talking to my higher power about this picture that I had seen of myself, I told my higher power, if this is all it's ever going to be, if I'm going to run up and down the roller coaster of weight loss and then back into <clears throat> compulsive eating, I don't want to be here anymore. I was contemplating the supreme sacrifice at that point. And then I thought, you know, this isn't you. You don't think this way. So you must be really in need of some help at this point. And it's so interesting because I was actually shocked that I was contemplating that I wanted to end my own life. And I cried out to my higher power and said, what do you want me to do? And um, my higher power never speaks to me audibly unless I'm in danger. And then I hear clearly I am of the educational variety. I usually learn my lessons through life experience <laughs> and seeing the higher power in my life experience. Um, but in this experience, I heard clearly go to OA. And I was like, why didn't I think of that? Because, you know, uh, duh, it's a 12-step program for people that are doing what you're doing. And um, one of the things that I've learned to recognize in my recovery is that when my higher power speaks to me about God's will, I call my higher power God, it never looks like my own understanding, my limited finite understanding. And so I, that's how I got to OA. And at that point, I was ready for buy-in because um, I had been to OA in my early 20s and I walked in the door and looked at the different people there and saw that there were a lot of obese people. And I thought, oh, hells no, these people ain't got nothing for me. And I walked right back out the door because I didn't understand at that time that everybody's in a different place on their spiritual journey. And um there was no way I could contemplate at that point in my maturity that someone that was still heavy like I was would have something of value to share with me. So it took me until I was in my 50s to get back to OA. And so having said all that, uh, what has what have what it's like now? Um, I, what OA has given me is an understanding of how the disease fits with the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. I did not know anything at that point about alcoholic foods. I didn't know anything about um, the phenomenon of craving and as it pertains to food. Uh, and to me, it was like the missing piece 
for me. And also, I did not have any idea until I got to OA how OA would hold my feet to the fire, as it were, regarding my own um, character defects and um, misappropriated assets and um, how the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous could help me with my food problem. But I have a really smart sponsor, and she told me to tune into this podcast that she'd been listening to in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And I went to Podbean and got on this podcast and went all the way to the beginning and started with step study. And at that point in my recovery, for the first time in my life, the literature lit up for me and it made sense. And I'm so grateful for that. I can't thank the people in this podcast enough for the transformation of my recovery because of this podcast. So if you ever wonder if you do any good, let me just tell you right now, you can look at that picture in the background and see my face and know that this program has made the biggest difference in my life more than anything I've ever experienced. And this podcast is what made that difference in my life. It set me on fire for the literature and for the message that we have here. So, um, so what happened as I got into this is I began to see how my character defects and my misappropriated assets contributed to my food addiction. And um, I now understand that what we do here is self-examination and surrender. And that was the piece that had always been missing for me my entire life. I was like the literature said, I thought it was a mental problem. And I do believe that for me personally, I'm a real compulsive eater of the type that the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous talks about because I was off to the races with any food that triggered me and could not stop. Now, for newcomers, that may mean to you that, you know, I can stop sometimes. Well, I could stop periodically, but I couldn't stay stopped. And if I indulged in my alcoholic foods, which for new people, that means foods that trigger the phenomenon of craving. Um, I might be able to manage that for short bursts of time or for even a month at a time. But what would happen to me was I would obsess about those foods and try to figure out a way to incorporate them into my food plan so that I could still have them but lose weight. And I would, you know, they would talk to me from the kitchen. They would niggle me in my thoughts. And um, I would obsess about them to the point of distraction at times and white knuckle my way through abstinence from them. Uh, I had no peace and I had no real um, relief from the obsession about those foods. And so um, that madness is what prompted me to think that I might want to make the supreme sacrifice of taking my own life. I got so tired of constantly having this running monologue in my head about those foods or about how can I avoid those foods? How can I manage those foods? How can I, you know, get free of those foods? 
you know, I thought about that stuff constantly, even if I was uh, concentrating on other things like my work life or my relationships with other people. It was nonstop. Um, and then in OA, uh, as I began to delve into the aspects of my character that caused me anxiety and caused me to want to medicate with food. Um, I began to get some relief, but the thing that gave me the most relief as a result of these steps that we do is this growing relationship with my higher power and with the fellowship and a recognition and acceptance that without those things, I'm not capable of having any peace or relief from the obsession. I have to use the solution, which is the 12 steps, in order to have a daily reprieve from the obsession of food addiction and um, to gain neutrality toward those foods. Uh, at times I have a thought that says, when I see someone eating something that I used to eat with uh, obsession, I think, you know, I remember loving that. I remember. Um, so I'm grateful I haven't forgotten uh, but the only way that I've gotten relief and um, a reprieve from the self-pity that comes from not having those foods, the um, anxiety that comes because I have to white knuckle and not take those foods into my body, the uh, obsession about those foods if I can't have them. The only relief I've gotten has come from admitting and accepting that those are things that I'm powerless over and asking my higher power to relieve me of that burden. Um, I've learned that self-control comes from my higher power, not myself. Myself in and of itself does not have the equipment to have any kind of freedom that is um, long lasting from the thought life and the obsession about those foods or from the inability to keep from eating them if I indulge in them. Um, and to me, that's different from just dieting. Dieting is trying to manipulate and control the food and have power over it while I white knuckle my way through that experience, which is very anxiety provoking. So, um, you know, those are the things that have made the difference for me in Overeaters Anonymous. And um, my quality of life today is so different. I'm bewildered at times at the um, fact that I don't think about food 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, if it were possible, I would, I would say that once in a while, I even have the thought that I'm eating like a normal person, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, I get full and don't clean my plate. That's a miracle to me. Before I had gastric bypass, I could eat two heaping plates full of food and not be satisfied. Um, and along that vein, when I tell people that I did that, they ask me, you know, do you think it's a good idea? Um, I can't say whether or not that is a good idea for any individual that's between them and their higher power, but I will say what I tell everyone. It does not deal with the stuff that goes on between these two things right here. It does not change what happens between the ears. 
And if you decide to take that step, you will still need a program if you're a real compulsive eater like myself. Um, it doesn't relieve the bondage of self and it doesn't relieve the obsession or the phenomenon of craving. Um, so, you know, for those that would reach out to me privately and ask that question, that's my answer for anybody that asks me that. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to cover today. You've got about two minutes left, two and a half. Perfect. So, um, you know, the last thing that I would say is that if you haven't, if you're new and you haven't um, experienced these step studies on this podcast, I would highly recommend uh, going through those and doing the steps with a sponsor. Um, and, you know, a sponsor is someone who will help you go through the steps, uh, help you understand more about how that impacts your um, food addiction and help you identify whether or not you really are a compulsive eater. Um, and whether or not the solution is for you. Um, but I highly recommend uh, listening and getting familiar with the aspects of the literature that are discussed on the podcast. It will help you so much understand what we do here. And um, if you're here for the first time or you're new, you've um, really been blessed to be part of this. I have. Um, and I can't thank you enough. Thank you for letting me share my experience. And um, I'm really grateful to be here. Thank you. Wow, 